When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it was a noon start Vegas time, Mm -hmm. and I thought uh, Stars came out with some good legs. You know, that's been one of the things that we've harped on throughout the season is, you know, can they get off to a start? And I thought they matched Vegas, um, and I thought the first period was, you know, pretty much back and forth. Ottinger made some nice saves. Uh, I I, I like the first goal by the Stars, and here's why, because it was traffic in front. Mm -hmm. And kudos to Radic Foxa. Uh, I, I thought he got the goal, but it turns out it was Miro that got the goal, but it was perfect placement by Miro. And you know what? The puck that went over Aiden Hill, you can say luck, but as we've seen throughout these playoffs, when you create panic or call it what you want, when you're in the dirty area, you get chances, you get opportunities. And yes, you do get that luck and you get the bounces that come over to your stick because you are crowding the area. The goaltender can't see it cleanly. Thus the rebounds come out in front. So I thought overall the stars first period was, you know, good. The five on three, Sean, um, I, I mean the first penalty, it is what it is. Uh, I thought both players were fighting for position. I didn't see that as interference. Um, I guess looking back, Harley, Probably shouldn't have put that stick in. The, but I mean, how many defensemen do we see poke through the middle of legs? So it's just it, it's it's common and we usually don't see it turn into a five on three. So, you know, and the five on three goal, honestly, uh, you know, I mean, it goes off Lindell's skate. It wasn't like he, you know, meant to save it or anything like that. Just just one of those fluky bounces that goes Vegas way. But once again, Vegas in front of the net and they can capitalize on that. Yeah, I, I want to talk about the so the first goal too. It's it's interesting to me. So it's it ends up being a goal from Glendening. So I mean, Heishkinen goal from Glendening and Suter. Um, but I want I think the two other players on the ice who actually didn't get points on the play deserve a ton of credit for this goal. You talk about a total team goal, and we talked about the fourth line being really good tonight. So like this play start, and obviously we all saw Fox in front of the net and everything like that, but. Um, uh, Yoel Kiviranta had a really good game tonight. Um, he was, he's someone who, and I honestly thought he might come out tonight. I thought I was wondering if maybe Ty Delandria might come in and Kiviranta might be the guy to come out, but Kiviranta had a really good game. And one of the things that the stars, the stars fourth line is not going to be an offensive machine by itself. It's a line that is going to, for them offensively, they have to basically kind of be the, uh, they have to be the, the support group for Miro Heishkin, and that's kind of how they are offensively. And um, so the play starts uh, uh, at a, a Glendening dump in, a control, kind of a controlled dump in by Glendening. Stars were doing way more of that this game, but I don't have an issue with that. The ice was kind of crummy. We saw that in game one. Um, we saw how effective that is in the Eastern Conference finals for Carolina and Florida. I don't have an issue with it. And so Glendening dumps it in with Heishkin and skating ability. He basically gets in there. Um, so quick, he's basically the third forward, in, and he he go he's down low on the play. Yoel Kiviranta, because of his how he plays the game and his defensive 
mindedness of it all doesn't go deep on the play. He stays, he stays up on the, uh, he stays on the, uh, he stays up on the, uh, on the blue line in the blue line area and the, um, and stays in the blue line area and basically allows Heishkinen to continue to be aggressive down low. Uh, there's some other, other starts forward units. We see a Max Domi or a Mason Marchment kind of pinch down there right away. Um, we probably see it with, uh, and I mean, I know the whole, the Robertson Hints line is pretty reliable in general, but even them, they start to start to take priority, but Kiviranta basically let Heishkinen go down low, stays up top. Um, They'll continue to work the play that way. And Heishkinen basically goes to the spot where he becomes the, the forward that kind of is, is running the play. Kiviranta basically covers the, basically takes the role as the defenseman on this play and allows Heishkinen to be the forward, allows it to continue circling. And kind of the trust that the stars have in Kiviranta being there and that Heishkinen has with the forward covering for him allows this whole play to create itself and I think that's something that needs to kind of be recognized because Kiviranta is not getting a point. Fox is not getting a point for his screen, but um, kind of the two most important forwards on this play are the two guys that actually didn't get a point on this in, 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 a, in an interesting way here. So. so we go to the second period, and I thought this was a terrific period for the Stars. One of the things that I was texting back and forth with a couple of hockey fans and they were asking me and I said, you know, it would be great because I thought in the first period that, you know, the Vegas defensemen were clear in their zone pretty easily. You know, I think the stars at times provided some pressure, but I wanted to see the stars with a more aggressive forecheck. And I thought they really came out firing with that forecheck and really getting those Vegas defensemen on their heels and making the Vegas forwards work to get it out of the zone. So I thought that was a key in the second period, Sean. Uh, I just love the aggressiveness in the offensive zone uh, by the stars. I mean, did Vegas have anything? And I mean, other than that weird kind of shorthanded thing where everyone kind of forgot the clock was going, like did Vegas have anything in the second period? I mean, there was, it was a complete like, it was the perfect road hockey period. Like it was, you controlled the play, you limited shots. You didn't, you had some good chances yourself and you went and, uh, and, and, and then you capitalized yourself. And I thought the, 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 one of the things that the stars were struggling with um, on the power play this series was they were kind of getting too cutesy at the blue line and they needed to just kind of start getting a little grittier and a little bit work kind of try to work smarter and harder on plays and basically what they had been doing at five on five they needed to start applying that to the power play and that's how they got the power play goal tyler sagan dumps the puck in jason robertson still out there works hard gets the works the puck back to davidinov davidinov with a pretty good shot to the low pad robertson cleans it up i thought it was i mean this was this was the period that should have won the game this is the period that you want to bottle up and you're like hey this is the period where the series should have turned on this series. The period. This is the one where you're like, okay, hey, we. What happened in the second period is why you won this game. It's why you're you should spin this series, and that's how good that second period was. I know it was only one nothing, but in one nothing for the period and two one going to the third. But 
that period was pr- about as well scripted as a road period as you could do, especially in a playoff series. Okay. So, and we already talked about the third period. I mean, it was basically <laughs> kind of, I mean, I think they limited the opportunities and then made mistakes late. So, um, yeah. you know, uh, unfortunately, specifically though, Sean, I wanted to ask you about the line changes because yeah. we have seen that as a liability in the playoffs. Um, am I correct that teams now are seeing that and they're going to be more aggressive if they can catch the stars in, in a line change? Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's I part of hockey. Each team tries to catch. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of hockey. I mean, I guess one thing to, to remember, and it doesn't excuse it, but it's just the, the reality of it is you have, uh, the second o- overtime is the long change, right? So it's, it's the, it's when you get, when you get when you have a bad change, it gets exposed even more so, just like it would get, would in the second period. Um, it's still, it's the type of mistake though where I, I hate, and it's inexcusable to see it in the first minute of overtime, right? Like or f- first minute and a half of overtime to get the, whatever the exact timing is, right? Like you shouldn't. That shouldn't be. That's not acceptable. Uh, Late in over late in the first overtime, double overtime, whatever. Like if a bad line change happened in the Florida Carolina game the other night, that went that was a it was a full other game. Yeah, guys are tired. That's okay. Like this this is this is an inexcusable time to do it when it's overtime. It's the start of overtime. Everyone's focused. Everyone's sharp, and and you weren't. And it's it's amazing how hockey works, right? Because. Just imagine if Wyatt Johnston finishes 30 seconds before. He has yeah. a great chance, and all of a sudden we're having a completely different conversation, and we're almost laughing. Not laughing, but we're almost just kind of brushing off that third-period gaff. Instead, it's going to be – instead, it's going it's going to be something that's going to be talked about for a long time, especially if Dallas doesn't come back and win this series. Is this the point where I say it would have been nice to see a replay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but yeah. I mean, listen, I like Sean McDonough yeah. and, and I like Ray Ferraro. I mean, I like the announcers. I, I just, to me, there are times when, I mean, I would have liked to seen that Wyatt Johnson chance. I know the goal happened shortly after that, but um, I, I just think there are times when like, you know, I'm watching and I, I would like to see stuff and I'm, I'm just not, I'm not well, seeing the replays that I want to see. I, I feel like one of the issues, and I know this is true because I've, I've, I, I just know it's true. The One of the things that Turner did, and we and I have talked about the Turner broadcast, the Turner broadcast went and hired people both on the front end and the back end that have hockey experience. It's why we see the, the play-by-play voices are longtime NHL play-by-play voices or mm-hmm. when they need to bring extras in for the playoffs like they do, they bring in team broadcasters. Um, well, ESPN just kind of goes to a group of play-by-play people who are play-by-play people but not hockey people. Same thing goes on the back end where the producers, the directors, a TNT went out of their way to make sure to bring in some of the people who had handled hockey before. ESPN... And ESPN is actually the guy who is in charge of ESPN's coverage for who, who's the director. And I'm not sure if he's the on the site director, but one of the ones who helps set the site for it. He is, he has a long history of doing Sunday night baseball. And a lot of the times I get, 
I feel like I'm getting the baseball broadcast on a hockey game where I like, I, I hate, and I, I tweeted about this during the game because I'm trying to watch, I'm trying to nerd out and watch the zone entries. Like, I, like it's, 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 I'm trying to nerd out about this stuff. And too many times there'll just be like these shots of guys on the bench and like the way that we sometimes see like a, in a baseball broadcast where they'll, well, they'll zoom in on a person while pitching because it's a baseball broadcast and you have all this time to do that too often. The broadcast is just like, Oh, here's this guy on the bench or here's the coach. And there's play is happening. It's just like the same way where it's happened three or four times now in the playoffs, Gavin, where they go to the talent in the booth calling the game. And the opening face-off is, yeah. already ha- is happening behind yeah. them. You can literally yeah. see it on the video board behind Makes them. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. And and so it's – I I'm happy the Stanley Cup Finals on Turner this year <laughs> because because it's because for broadcast reasons. But, like, the ESPN broadcast, it's a – and that's – I keep coming back to that. It's a baseball broadcast of a hockey game, and you either need to – you need to, like – like – I, I hope I would I would hope the it's one of those things where I hope the ESPN broadcast and I hope they look at and hear what everyone's saying about the Turner broadcast and because right now I think they're trying to steal the wrong things from the Turner broadcast like yeah. right now they're trying to shoehorn Mark Messier and Steve Levy and P and PK Subban into the Turner fun studio right and, and it's 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 re- it's become really bad and it's become really clunky and 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 they're trying to steal that but i want them to steal turner's direction of in-game like i'm watching like it, it shouldn't be and we'll, tomorrow night i'll watch carolina in florida i'm getting to watch more of the hockey game on that bro- on that broadcast that i am on the espn broadcast and it's just kind of frustrating because you're picking things up like i thought last night um I don't know. Did you watch the Did you watch the post game analysis of, at all of the te- of the Carolina Florida game last night? Yeah, I did, yeah. and I have to say, I think, and, and this to me is impressive. Wayne Gretzky, as the season has continued, I mean, he's dialed in in this playoffs. I really, you know, I I, I like him a lot. I thought John Cooper was awesome. Um, oh, I love yeah. the I well, love the coach perspective. Well, and the, so the thing last night, like I want to learn stuff from the broadcast when it comes to my sports media consumption. And I, I, I hope people listening to this show think this slightly about this podcast. You want to be entertained. But at the end of the day, the reason I read and this is from my view, the reason I read, the reason I watch is to learn more so I can enjoy the sport more. That's and I hope people get that from this podcast somewhat. I loved the pickup. Um watching the Turner post game show last night where they're talking about the goal. And obviously it's a great, it's a great goal by Chuck, but the, the detail they go into to uh, Slavin's stick going into Brent Burns, uh, Slavin's stick getting the, 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 the uh, oddity of Slavin's stick going right through the, the cow going right through the blade of Burns escape. Yeah. And like to pick that up and go through that, like that's something where, and then you can see them figure it out on the broadcast and then they have a production team on the back end who realizes it and has the clip ready right away. I'm not getting that on the ESPN broadcast. I'm just getting, like, I don't know. I mean, there was something where it was, uh, what I'm getting on the ESPN broadcast is, well, Mark and Shelly, because that's how they talk to them. Mark and Shelly, you've been in this game. You've been in this game before. You've got rings. We've got Stanley Cup champions. The amount of times they keep saying they've got they've, they've got Stanley Cup champions is like I I almost want like 
I almost want Liam McHugh to open the show tomorrow night, like with like, and we got Wayne Gretzky who's got more points combined than the entire ESPN panel. Like I, I almost, <laughs> I almost want that tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, it's the ESPN broadcast becomes that. And it becomes a little bit of the old school hockey mentality where like, I thought it was ridiculous. Um, they had a interview after in game one, they had an interview with Jason Robertson and, uh, after he scored intermission interview and he talked about how he scored and everything like that. And, and there's like a throwaway comment from Mark Messier talking about how like the um, like, you know what? Um, he's got to change that answer to we, not I like it's like, and that's, that's the analysis I'm getting from Mark Messier on this. Like I, 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 yeah, it's, it's kind of fresh and it's, it's, it's hurting. It just, it's, it's hurting everyone's viewership of the game. When you go back to going back to the game production itself, where I don't need shots of the guy who just got off the ice when the action is going, it's not baseball. Stop broadcasting like a baseball game. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you. And there's certainly a difference between the TNT broadcast and the ESPN yeah. broadcast. It'll be interesting if they change it uh, in the off season.